Hey, what's up? Joey here. Welcome to the Jungle Brothers podcast. And today I'm joined by Paul and Dylan to talk about their recent workshop experience and then go into some of our sort of other workshop experiences and provide a bit of a comparison. This is off the back of the guys attending an event that was hosted here at the gym, not by us, but by an outside group. And it was a five-day workshop. They came away from it not feeling completely satisfied. So I actually hadn't had a chance to catch up with them since the event. And so today was a chance to do that. They do critique it. And there was a bit that, like I said, they walked away from that they weren't super happy about. And I guess that we try to compare that with maybe more favorable workshop or seminar experiences that we've had and just kind of identify what it is that makes an event like that special and impactful. So please enjoy the chat. I got to apologize. I fucked up on the technical front. I didn't hit record at the very beginning of the conversation. So we pick this up a couple of minutes in However, I do expose myself to the guys and tell them how bad I fucked up. So, you know, we, we, we catch up, we make up for this grave mistake. I do make mistakes, doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen. Um, further to that, I really hope you listened to last week's episode, which was with Logan Gelbrick, and that was on building coaches and leaders and gym culture. It was a super fascinating conversation. I really enjoyed talking with Logan. Um, if you haven't listened to it, go back and check it out after you listen to this one, because it was a banger. Hope you guys enjoy this chat on workshops. See you on the inside. They were so anti on the, the anything else, right? It's like, yeah, you can use exercise in between this system to supplement that and it's like well this is exercise as well like what's the disconnect why do you have the issue with the person who needs to work on this specific skill working on this specific skill why can't that be a part of your system as well yeah absolutely there was it was that that you know their method has a framework and they have a brand and they have certifications involved with that um and they're their kind of brand exists in a space which is directly opposite to everything else. So I, I, I way I translate what they've done and what they stand for. Part of the defining who they are is the fact that they're in opposition to lots of other stuff, but to a point where it, it makes it narrow for them and it's hard just to, to really see something that's useful for what it is. Boxes them in. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I uh, just you're gonna hate me. I hadn't pressed record, so I just pressed it a minute ago. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> so just to give a bit of context on kind of what we covered briefly, but we're talking about the workshop you guys just attended, five day event. Yes, it's a Movnat seminar, mm-hmm. um, which I will get a word of something on that deals. But down here at Jungle Brothers, long history of of workshops in the gym. And as I famously said about five minutes ago, pre-recording, you can't hit a six off every ball, Paul. So <laughs> you are going to get some workshops that don't quite impress or leave the, you know, the, the energy that you were hoping or the, have the impact you were hoping they would have. This was one of those ones that just left you guys a little bit, well, as you mentioned before, a little bit frustrated with some things. You did pick up some good shit, but... Yeah, yeah, definitely. So. Yeah, we've been lucky to have lots of good workshops come through here for sure and... Um, it it was a learning experience. You know, I did take away some stuff. A lot of stuff I already knew. So that was immediately detracting from my experience there because 
it was five days. It was actually a certification rather than a seminar. It was a level one for two and a half days and level two for two days. I um and I told, sorry about c- it. Certification to be a Movnat instructor. Correct. Right. So yeah, it was just it was a bit slow for for me. Yeah. Same sort um, of deal. And uh, I was talking to someone about it, and they said anything that has a level attached to it in the in the industry of fitness and everything is usually bullshit right because it's like if you're a a level one or a level two and it's not just a workshop it's like you're going for a certification like your trx certification Mm. you're this level coaching it's bullshit you're not going to learn as much as you would if you're just going to learn about a concept from a person Uh, that's a good point yeah i see what they're getting at it's kind of like they've 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 bundled it out so that it's like well here's where you would start and then the next course is this yeah yeah i mean the i watched you guys do a lot of the stuff there and i could see you were doing things that were so like like so within your capacity they weren't it wasn't testing you guys at all and testing my motherfucking patience (laughs) (laughs) i will never get the image of the eyes you made towards jt (laughs) midway through day three i think it was the the what did you say it was the get Get out out eyes eyes, the the blank stare with the smile (laughs) that's screaming (laughs) i will always remember that for the rest of my life it's um i i think that i guess when you're trying to prep coaches there has to be you have to be covering some very basic stuff but I do also think that you should be able to accommodate for people who have that capacity, like to be able to scale up the content yeah. relevant yes, to, yeah. to individuals like yourself. I definitely think, and this was the one feedback that I thought I should give to him on his form, but I'll just send him to link to this podcast. <laughs> um, and this is going towards, cause we're going to talk about workshops, actually running one and stuff, because um, he could have, we introduce ourselves. It was like, it was so mechanical, dude. It was like, okay, we're going to go around and it was quite a good drill is you get to know the person next to you while doing this movement drill with them where you've yep. got fingers touching. Anyway, and then at the end, the other person has to introduce you and what you're all about. Ah. And then we did a breathing drill after that because you've got to start with breathing. But it was more, it was like he was delivering a curriculum. So it was really mechanical. Like ticking boxes. He was literally ticking yeah. off a list. Yeah. And, you know, I think in – so getting to know us was something where he fell short because he – one thing that I've done really good workshops or, um, with that I, I learned is to ask everyone what they're hoping to get out of this weekend. Hey, what are you guys here for? And that's part of your introduction. That helps him run it. That helps him know me the level that I'm on and what I'm trying to expect. Do you know what I mean? Brings the expectations closer. And I thought about that on day three. I was like, that's what he failed to ask us. Because we're coaches and these guys are not yeah. Anyway, that you were not yeah, you guys aren't general population. No, but if he did that, it actually it would have been really powerful for for how we because we had to get to know each other via all the days. And I was like letting him know who I was at very <laughs> specific times. Verbally or are you just like flexing with some- I was just flexing. A little handstand yeah. or some shit. No, 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 verbally, just like- Verbally on, flexing. on Just on issues that it was like, I, I'll hold my tongue, but it's like, I can't actually let that one go. We'll put Tell us, Dills, what, what was Paul? Cause this is not uh, like Paul. Oh, it was fa- like, it, Paul is a lovely man for those who haven't met him. But oh, the, 
there was clear frustrations and he was quite verbal with most of the frustrations, maybe not so much by the day four or five. And I, I think that's where we sort of did a shift because I was overly frustrated by that stage and he'd sort of fallen into the acceptance stage of things. <laughs> but, Don't um, slow it down. Yeah, he's like, just get it done. <laughs> Let's put it this way. The bulk of the discussions that happened in that whole five days was either me or Paul giving feedback. Right. And then every now and again, someone else jumping with a, with a tidbit. And was it was it received well? Most of the time. Politicians' answers, yeah. basically. Right. Yeah, not by the, really by the manual. addressing it Really directly. by the manual. It wasn't like... Carefully treading. Yeah, that's a good point. It wasn't a no, you're wrong, or a no, or yeah, that's a good point. It was like, this also is, a, is an applicable sort of thing. Yeah. Everything has a context. Yeah. What were So what were some of the main critiques there for, for you guys? Like, you know, looking at it from the methodology perspective and, you know... Some I, me- I mentioned this to Paul. I think, like, the way the testing was done was just too formalised and the... And the coaching of the movements was yeah. too formalised. Well, not to mention the parameters as well, and you made a good point on this, um, but I'll, I'll, I'll finish this one before we go on to the next point. When we did the tests, it was like, it's move natural, right? Like that is their concept. It's like, okay, you have to do this very specific movement to get from A to B. And I'm like, but I can also get from A to B doing this, 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 which is easier and more natural for me to do. Why do I have to do it this way, right? As an example, hey, can you get to the top of this bar doing this swing up? And I'm like, yeah, I can do that. But for me, who's a bit stronger and has a bit more experience, I would just do a bar muscle up or I would climb the side of the rail and be on top of the, like, why can't I do all these other methods that are just as simple to me? Why does it have to be this specific option? If I was in nature and I was running from a predator, this isn't the way I'd do it. You would do it, yeah, in the way that's efficient for you. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, And and so they're like, nah, you do it the way we said. Well, you're tested on that specific method. And I get you've got to meet the requirements, but to me, the testing should be more like, okay, here is the boundaries of the test. Because exercise to me is learning how to survive under specific rules, right? Like you've got rules that you're putting in place for yourself. That's fine. The rules should be get from point A to point B efficiently and tidily and safely. However you do it, that's fine. As long as it meets efficiency, tidiness, safety. Yeah. In a way that's repeatable, controlled. Yeah. Or I, I guess as a counter to that, they could say, they could say, no, no, no. Like we just like... There's, you know, 16 different ways for you to achieve this task and we want to teach you all 16 and they're the exercises we choose to work with and training in these exercises will make you strong and capable. But then that is going away from the idea of moving naturally. Exactly. If they said now that, you have no issue with it. Yeah, now you're starting to categorize exercises. Oh. <laughs> Paulie, please. There was just lots of contradictions throughout the whole thing, riddled throughout it. It's a real... It's a real shame because it, yeah, it turned a lot of natural movements rigid and also it kind of, it was also the delivery of the coaching and stuff. Like I think that if you look deeper into the manual and Erwan's book and he's a charismatic figure, there's probably a lot more good stuff in there principles wise. But we were like, scrap the principles, do it exactly how I do it. I do it, which, which sucked. You know, and I was trying to offer some of those principles because when you know the principles, then however you do it, that's natural, that adheres to the prince, those principles of, you know, physics, 
it's going to be efficient for you. Um, and I think it was not enough principle-based stuff, especially for that natural movement stuff. Because it's natural and everyone's shaped differently, it's much better to be talking about those principles and then let people apply it differently. And the testing criteria failed in that greatly because just the way that it's set up. It's like yeah. do this exact movement instead of doing what they actually say that they do, which is task-based. It should be like take this heavy weight from this level of our gym on this box. It's about chest height. Carry it upstairs and across this beam and come back. And that should have been more of the test. And, in you know, whereas they were just like lift the ball up and down, balance across this beam this way. It was it – was, it was not a great delivery so of they, what otherwise is quite a lot of good yeah, donational ideas the, in there for sure. It's the movements themselves were fucking awesome, a lot of them, right? Like I said to Paul on day four, I'm like, hey, if we didn't know any of this stuff, maybe our buy-in would have been better, right? Like a lot of the movements were cool movements. They're movements we use in this space because of that reason or variations on those movements and a couple of things we'd never seen before. And I'm like, okay, this content's cool. But it goes back to the buy-in as a coach, right? Like, I learned this within five seconds of you showing it to me, but we're going to go over this movement for the next hour. What's my buy-in here? And because we had none of the, the background, the discipline, the, the methodology or anything like that in the sense of why we do it rather than it's a natural movement, I'm sitting there twiddling my thumbs. So, like, I, now that we're talking about it and reflecting on it, I think mainly, and that's why we hear talking about workshops themselves, not necessarily MovNet. Just this one. No, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think that they've got really good stuff coming from a really awesome place that people should learn, but the way that they ran it, and, and when I think of the workshop, um, it's huge, the scope that they're trying to address. Yeah. And it, they probably should rethink whether it's in two days so this is the format, Joe. For level one, you got two days, or two and a half for us. The idea is that you pay for it. They send you all the resources early and they recommend in those resources you should train, read the manual and train up to the, the workshop. And then when you get in, it's not brand new. Then you learn everything in one day and then the next day you get tested on the second day. Oh. And because people, uh, you know, it's hard to learn off YouTube if you haven't done this stuff before. So you're going to have lots of people who don't know it. You get face-to-face coaching on, on day one. Are you going to get these complex things by day two? A lot of people fail. So then they have three months to resubmit videos. And I think that's the reality for a lot of people to resubmit videos. But I just think that pipeline probably needs to just be reassessed. Maybe they offer less movements or the workshops are longer. And uh, because it's, it's, it's a big scope, dude, huge scope. Because they're trying to cover like climbing, jumping, crawling, like all of those sort of. Yeah. Plus coaching. Right. Plus, you know, coaching. Yeah. The room, you know, regressing right. people, like and all of that. In With all those movements, it's using the specific language as well. And right? yeah. So and you're learning not only how to do the moves, teach the moves, but teaching them with the very, very specific terminology. Mm. But okay, you know, and, that's, and it's, it's their own kind of uniqueness to the terminology? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Pat Derrens? They've, <laughs> they've gone and renamed everything. Levers? Exactly. <laughs> very good. That's very good. <laughs> well, that's my Edo-esque. Yes, Levers. okay. Well, um, anyway, it, it's good. I think they're just maybe 
need not to only the answer, but have a look at how they deliver it because we're learning cleaning jerks in like, half an hour. Did they call it that? Clean, I saw you guys doing that with the dead well, ball. Well, it's funny because they renamed everything else. I was like, why not rename this stuff? But oh. they, yeah, they called it cleaning jerks. That could be like the severed head lift. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. You've conquered the neighboring village. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Um, the If you're listening and you've, you've not seen Movnat stuff, I was saying earlier pre-recording cool stuff don't get me wrong yeah there's a great old video that i saw we saw back in the day of erwan who is the founder of and creator of movnat and he's climbing like through this forest and then kind of scampering around these boulders and then like he's grappling with someone on the boulder and then uh he like dives off the boulder into the river and he's swimming up the river and it's all really nice movement and you can see you know you can see in that video you're like fuck yeah like this is some cool stuff like there's similar to what Rafe Kelly does, you know, where you see him running through, like doing the tree running and that whole thing. You're like, this is cool. Like I would love to be able to move like yeah. that. Pretty sure they work together to put Movnat together. Ah, is that right? Yeah. I'm pretty damn sure. Yeah, okay. But no. then it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting what happens when a system like that, that is based on this natural kind of holistic sort of view of things, tries to then systemize it down to a point where you can take someone who's perhaps not particularly proficient at moving, someone that's not in great shape, and have them become a coach. And it's like, well, how do you, like, yeah, handbooks and manuals and all that stuff, it can be, before you know it, it becomes another fitness system. And that's why I think it's kind of, like, that's probably the thing that made me just not think that it was the most efficient way. They're not developing humans, you know what I mean? What they need to do is develop the humans to to see why we should be doing it like this and how to manage themselves and you know it's like teaching someone fucking how to cook for themselves instead of cooking for them you know that's and Teach that's man to fish and that's kind of what I, I think the movement sphere does well because they're trying to teach you how to learn and how to explore you know we didn't do they didn't teach us how to explore and we didn't have those conversations and they're kind of you know philosophical and they're tough for a lot of people but those are more important in my eyes than just teaching people these are natural movements this is how you do them you know what i mean yeah you gotta you gotta develop the human not just give them movements what do you think about the the importance of the charisma that comes from a person running a workshop I said it from day one. Yeah, it's a like I'm not going to be able to handle this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And tell us what the situation was because it was a unique situation of delivery there. So the the main host was via Zoom, right? So obviously that's a restriction. So as it is. the main host is coming in over a TV screen. Not only is he coming over a TV screen, but he's eight hours behind us. So he's starting at 11 p.m. at night. Oh, um, something like that. To his credit, he didn't look that tired for most of it, but no, you've got to feel it. Poor fucking guy. Yeah, poor guy. They did a good job to do it that way. Yeah. And we were at the first and it was an experiment, but that didn't help the whole scenario yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah. it definitely didn't add to the yeah. experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was hard. Yeah. I feel for them that way. And they, it was either that or fucking postpone it for another two years or whatever. So Yeah, you got to have a crack. Yeah, and they needed this people here really want the information and want to keep, you know, building their businesses. Yeah, so. people have already been waiting two years, right? So Yeah. But yeah, so it was over Zoom. Um, so that meant that, you know, it's us on a screen and you just couldn't get a real flow on. 
you know, in the same way that you're in the same room as someone when you're working with them. Well, I think that a mm. big part of this, because I, I think you'll have the same point here. The most enjoyable part for me of the whole thing was when we went outside, when we <laughs> got to go outside and actually put the theory into play, right? We got outside, we played around for a bit. And I feel like because it was via Zoom, obviously, that was a big bit of the capacity that we missed. So maybe if we had that live element and we got to play outside Definitely. more and do that sort of stuff, that could change the whole experience. Totally. And I, I think that they should probably not try. I don't, because Jack could have done the whole thing, in my opinion. Yeah, it's because he's not level three. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. Level three. <laughs> yeah, we come back to those Once levels. Once you get to level three, though. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I feel, movement. you know, in, in his defense, it's hard to do that like yep. that because you can't read the room, don't know the energy, you're not yeah. on the same wavelength. Yeah. You're just like punching out a curriculum. Yeah. So I was compassionate to that. Um, I feel bad. Can we stop talking about them? <laughs> nah, fucking bro. Keep shredding <sighs> them up. <laughs> nah. Nah, totally. Yeah, yeah, it would be shit to have to do that. But of course, from a business perspective, you've booked in these people. You you got to make it you work somehow. You got to do. Yeah, yeah. But that's a. It's an interesting thing. Um, the because you think, well, the people want to learn, and we have this curriculum, and I've sent through the manual and the things that the prerequisite learning that I want them to do. Mm -hmm. So we just need to deliver this information, and they're good. That's what I was thinking in my head. And it's kind of mm. it's at a it's it's discounting how important charisma and energy is in yeah. a person that is leading an experience like that yeah good yeah. good counterpoint is like on that point sorry not counterpoint i went to a retreat with you to bali had no idea what i was signing up for went recently to a, tr a retreat with paraxis had no idea right no curriculum no like formal idea what i was going to do i just was paying to go for an experience both enjoyed thoroughly both learned a lot from right an experience, yeah. not a course. Yeah. That, that's the that's the difference. That's the difference. I think, yeah, but yeah, it definitely is. And um, but I do believe you can have both. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah like yeah, yeah, it's yeah, totally. and 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 I guess you know maybe maybe that's a, a thing where they were like, fuck, we're gonna this experience isn't gonna be what we want it to be, but whatever, we just got to get it done. But mm -hmm. I think that it's almost it's almost as important as the content. As Logan Gelbrick would say. Right? Trans <laughs> transcend and include. Knowing how to cook food is simply not enough. No. The conversation has to be good. The guests have to be nice. People have to want to come back to your, to your restaurant. The lighting. That's right. It's the whole performance. You've got to be able to work <laughs> with other chefs. Yeah, it's, it's a great point. For, if you haven't listened, that's our last episode with Logan Gelbrick. Great fucking episode. But um, just for talking about the importance of things in coaching and this idea that when you're a coach it's just about passing on information but his his point and what we're getting at right now is that there's there's so much more to teaching someone than just telling them or showing them what it is that you want them to do yeah there's an mm -hmm. experience attached to it which comes down to your energy um your your relatability to that person how you make them feel you know the music the fucking vibe of the room all of those things mm -hmm. And I think for a workshop, you know, anything that's stretching longer than a couple of hours, you need that to assist because it gets really boring, doesn't yep. it? Like sitting in a room. It's a hugely missed opportunity to be in a workshop format and deliver a, like you would a class or one PT session. Yeah, rather than you, having the com a conversation. Yeah, it's like making a fucking Netflix series and just making the single episodes not relating to each other and not building and mounting with that higher narrative that threads through them all, going somewhere. 
and that wasn't in this, which is why I'm like, I'd rather hear him talk more about the philosophy and how it all ties together each time we touched on a movement. But it was it was very much segmented, just this movement, that movement, always related back to the context of natural life. Mm. Let me rip one into one movement <laughs> while I'm at it. Go on. Fucking hell. You think, <laughs> I, I, know, I know natural movement. Like, you know, I, I've done lots of different styles of movement and I'm kind of, I would say I'm a more natural Mover. person who likes to get in and start moving the body. Um, anyway, look at the whole curriculum thinking. If you, if you wrote down a list of what are natural movements, in my top three, throwing would be in there. I, I held my tongue, I didn't say anything. I was like waiting for, we got to throwing. We did two throws. We did, yeah, we did two throws in level one and level two. Maybe there's more in the manual, I don't think so. One throw is basically a wall ball thruster. Oh yeah. Like this. Boom. Squat, push. Just linear straight to you, back to me, and catching it like you were, you know, eccentrically doing it. Yep. And then the other one was a side turn like this. The floss. Oh, yeah, nice. That was the whole thing. I think the whole both level one and two is like $4,000 or something. Throwing to me is a huge part of natural movement. And it's most effectively done with a diagonal sling from one side. It's like we didn't touch that. And I was like, you know, and I don't think... It was just bizarre to me. I was like, are we going to come back to throwing in two? There was no throwing. There was no turning of the hips, rotating. And it was all about efficiency. The whole thing was efficiencies. And if you do it wrong, it's an inefficiency. And that's the language. Um, what are the common inefficiencies for that movement? And I was like, well, here's an efficiency. You're throwing off two legs, um, like a squat and a push forward. And you always, in the context of this movement is, you might be loading something off a truck or up to a truck. In the natural like, world. In the natural world. Whereas I would throw something and catch something and punch someone and lean out and touch someone and poke someone probably a million more times than that. You know who they needed to run the throwing component of that workshop? Who? Liver King. <laughs> <laughs> Seen that you, motherfucker you know, throw a spear? You know what's fucking no. hilarious. Oh, it's stiff. It's really oh, stiff. It's so stiff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fucking wild. It that, was, but he's throwing. He's at least, you know. Yeah, that is this literally is part of his it's a bit practice. of contralateral movement. I don't understand why there was no throwing and the cognitive elements we didn't really touch on, and that's basically because they haven't they haven't evolved since when T did it seven years ago or something. Yeah. I, I don't know why they haven't continued to add to the movements because how could you ignore for seven years that there's no throwing? There should be some sort of striking throwing movement inside of that in the last seven years that since he did it, there's just no piece to that it's like he made the money and then just decided to stop the product if so folks are searching for relevance there the, the 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 action of throwing a punch and throwing an object like a ball or a spear or a rock or whatever are the same movements this contralateral thing that's working across the body and it's largely thought that it's a, it was a huge part of like because it was such a necessity for our species coming out of yes. the jungles and into the in, was it into the plains, like where it was more open ground? Yeah. Where we had to be, learn to throw things because that was our defense against land predators. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why we have such a good capacity for it. Yeah. It's why we developed good eyesight as well. Is that right? Yeah, that and snakes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so we can see them and so we can... Differentiate. Chuck yep. rocks at those motherfuckers. We can also anticipate 
I, th- I think in a way that other animals can't. Yeah, without depth perception. An- yeah, so you can anticipate where that target's going to be. Ah. So that's, yeah. Foxy, this Bro, is the no conversation. When this is the conversation that should have been being Oh, had. but like I got to a point where I was like, if I do this, if I mention that particular thing, that would have completely half undermined Perry, what Perry was doing. And I was like, this is actually going a bit too... Too far. Like, but seriously, literally, this is a joke. Which is like a wall ball, but you're not even throwing it up. You're just throwing it forward and the swing. But like in a super mechanical way. And so to give a bit of context on that then, so you did those two throws, which are like, I mean, whatever, no one, yeah. I don't know if you ever use them. But what were the other natural movements? Like what, where did you spend more time on? I was pretty, uh, they've got a bit of a system, which is, we're just talking more than that. Can we go into another workshop after this? Yeah. Oh, I can feel bad. The, the system, <laughs> the system. Paulie, um, Paulie's like ju- Paulie's dueling, like dueling identities. He's like the nice <laughs> guy, guy, and then fuck. like needs to fucking speak the truth about this <laughs> shit. Oh. <laughs> it, they, they kind of um, they have this tree diagram, um, tree's cool, which which represents their system and how they see things, and it it all starts from the floor and learning how to get up from the floor. Okay. Also, locomotive patterns from there, getting up, you know, getting up from the floor, whether with load or without. Yeah. Moving on the floor, and then it goes into standing. locomotion and gait, yeah. standing, and okay. inside of that area is yeah, lifting, and there's balance in there. And then you go further up the tree to skills like climbing, swinging, jumping, jumping, swinging. Okay, it's good. Cool. Cool. The thing. concepts are fine. Like yeah, those yeah. concepts are good. We use similar concepts right like it, it was nothing to do with the concepts of the movements it was just everything else understand yeah so go share it funny to um <laughs> go get it kids. well probably we should compare it to like movnat it's a thing maybe if you're listening maybe you've not heard of it but you've got a bit of a picture about what it is now um you can look at then something like animal flow which is, you know, a different system, different method. Mm-hmm. And sees animal movements. And then you can look at something like Edo Portal, like movement kind of piece. And I think oftentimes people like see them all as the same thing. Yeah. And it's all like, oh, that's, you know, that's like, yeah, I've seen like, if they see animal flow going on, they're like, that's Edo Portal. I know that shit. I think I met, a, uh, you know, like every time I meet a CrossFitter that maybe has heard of our gym, they're like, oh, you guys do animal flow, right? And you're like, <laughs> nah. But it's kind of lumped into one, but the emphasis of all these, of those three things is, is very different um, versus again, CrossFit and whatnot. But these things all have roots in the same, in many ways of trying to find a way to unlock whatever it is that our bodies are supposed to be able to do. Yeah. Yeah. Part of like the, the bit, part of it that I think they got wrong is like they make people see that Movnat is a whole system. And that's, that's pretty much all you need. All the regressions are within the skill acquisition journey and it's a whole system. Um, whereas, I, and I don't know animal flow very well, but it's ground-based movement. I don't see them doing anything else. And I can clearly see that as a tool or a part of a movement practice overall. And then I started thinking to myself when I was holding my tongue, I was like, oh, fuck, if you just see it like uh, one feather in your cap it's like oh, i can do all those and i do all this other stuff too then and it's like that's fine yeah but they the way that they're presenting is that this is all you have to do at least at the beginning i think after listening never go to anywhere us else for a little while yeah. they started to 
to say a bit more like, oh no, there is this thing that you can do on the side as well, as we brought the discussion that way. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Talk to me about some of the more positive workshop experiences you've had, gents. What have been the what did you guys do at the Praxis thing? Uh, you know, we did a lot of the similar drills, all right? But it comes down to delivery. Yeah. So Tom, Soshi, very, very confident people, very good at presenting, very good at explaining concepts. Um, we did we did breathing, we did crawling, we did swinging of arms, we did jumping, we did throwing, all that sort of stuff. But it was all about the delivery mm-hmm. uh, and explaining a concept and giving meaning and the build up on it uh, and the conversations outside of it as well, which was what made it so different to me. What would like say you work in similar movements, getting up off the floor? how would they have made that more interesting at the Praxis event versus the Movnat piece? Like what, what are the actual mechanical things that okay. they're doing in that so situation? So rather than, okay, we're going to play on this particular movement and they show us a movement, get us to do the movement. Tom will start doing a movement. He'll, stu- he'll just start doing it and he'll be like, all right, follow along guys, let's do this. And all of a sudden we're all crawling on the floor. Maybe it doesn't look perfect. Maybe it doesn't like look the exact same Tom's doing, but we're all doing this movement. And then all of a sudden, maybe he gives individuals or someone else in the course gives someone a couple of different cues, right? And you're still doing the movement. And then he adds the next step. We're all doing it together. There's music playing. It's really like this big community thing. Everyone's like focused on just moving because everyone's moving. No one cares if they look silly. No one cares what's going on. There's good tunes pumping. The energy is high. We add another piece. All of a sudden, we're going from a crawl, we're standing up, all right? From standing up, we're, we're doing this arm swing. And they just keep adding and adding while keeping the energy high and not necessarily saying, no, you're doing that wrong, that's inefficient. If there is something wrong, okay, that's fine. We can address that. Maybe we don't get it today, all right? I think that was the big difference. I wasn't there, but I, I can see I have been in you know similar circumstances and workshops and the, the fighting monkey one comes to... Uh, to mind and um, you know in those moments where they're adding pieces um, someone who's uh, and maybe probably they were similar they're they're really like adding something and asking you a question with what they add so they're not asking you you know is your knee at a certain angle but they're asking you and they pick the right movement it might take your base away and make it narrower which is going to amplify the need to do something else so they're like asking a question when they add to you and in that kind of way and that's you know very much Intuitive as joseph learning. did it you're learning how to solve the problem while there and it's going to stay with you a lot better in yeah. that way and anyway i thought i'd just add uh, that yeah you're 100 right it's very intuitive learning like that right because as you change your pattern your body adapts and if it doesn't then you fall over because this is natural everyone's got it somewhere in underneath but usually we've got shit that's in the way of us learning it so they're trying to like fucking provide a space where you can work out those puzzles without distraction workshops like hey we're going to go away from normal learning scenarios and work and maybe go away on a retreat and we're like we're like here in a space to, to come and learn yeah for me it's all about formal versus informal right like the f- formal spaces have their place sometimes and sometimes certain things can only be learnt formally, right? To me, and I think to most people, movement isn't one of those things. 
it is so hard for me to wrap my brain around a movement if I'm sitting in dead silence with no one around me. I learn better in a group experience where I'm learning with others. I've got while you're moving, going, yeah. There's there's rhythm. There's there's trying. I'm learning with others. We're all trying the same thing. It's just easier to get the thing, and it's the community aspect of it that drew me to movement in the first place. So I don't want to lose that. What about though, as a, just to challenge that when you're training by yourself and you're working on your online program and mm-hmm. it's, you know, maybe something new there, how, how does that differ? It's a good question. Well, it, I would say, cause I've watched you doing it. It's fucking hard and it doesn't work every yeah, day. Yeah. That's why you come to me and say, do you want to do my Ben arm session? Cause it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and he tries to recruit people all the time <laughs> when he has a bad work. So I, don't like, yeah, I don't like training by myself. I will always like try and train with someone, even if it's only I'm training completely different movements, but I've got someone there to give me feedback next to me. Yeah. I think that, I mean, that's the way we structured our whole gym, right? Like it's group classes. It's, two people to a pairing, you're getting feedback from an individual. This morning I was training by myself, but as was training by himself next to me, right? So neither of us are actually training by ourselves. Yeah. And there is times where I've just got to get the work done, right? Um, But at least I know what I'm working on. It's not necessarily a new concept for me. It's me working on something I already understand as a concept and I've still got good tunes going. Yeah, it's interesting what you said about the Praxis thing where it's like, there's a, you can feel the energy. There's like the coach doesn't say anything. They just start leading and you start following. So instantly that engages your attention and your focus. Classic movement play. And then the music comes on and that just adds this, like it just turns, like pushes up a couple of gears. You're like, oh shit, it's on now. And then here's a new layer. Oh, shit, they still haven't said anything. Like it, it just builds on energy. And I think that that, you know, the for someone who hasn't experienced that, that is the like that is the the scenario that starts to like carve the learnings into your psyche because you remember that thing so fondly i bet you you come away from that weekend and you want to play the music yeah right because it inspires you it's like uh i remember back in the day i used to get when you would download fight highlights on the internet before they had uh, was before youtube and shit but you would find your favorite fighter and you download a highlight video that someone made and have like some song <laughs> but the, the the videos would be so sick and so inspiring that you'd try and play that song whenever Dude, you could okay so a little embarrassing roy gold <laughs> all right his movement fucking insane he plays some really sick backbeats to all his instagram videos i'll be the judge of that oh yeah. i love them i think they're really good maybe they're shit maybe i shouldn't have said anything it's <laughs> <laughs> just gonna get ripped later so i i've I found a playlist where someone literally gets his instagram clips <laughs> the songs behind them and plays it and that is one of my like pump up lists it's like oh uh, it's gonna be a hefty session all right the roy gold playlist. that's so funny <laughs> that's cool right and that's it's the fight tracks again it's the exact same thing same thing yeah but you know, it just goes to show how impactful those those extra elements of the experience can be. Joey Worthington, you have been to probably more workshops than any of us. You've run including the workshops. and you've run workshops, and you've been around. You know what I know, Ida Portal a lot, and he fucking is amazing figure to be in the room with when he's when he's doing his thing. Mm. Tell us some insights, the the good things that. Yeah, what, what's or maybe start with a story? I don't know. There's so much for you sitting on that side of the table. Mm, it's a good point. Yeah, man. I know uh, you took a lot away from them. Huge amount. I think that the, I think that what I gained mm. from attending 
other workshops was more in the realm of seeing how these other coaches deliver to the group and control the energy than the content they're teaching. Mm-hmm. You always come away, the content's great, you've got a bunch of new exercises, here's a cool variation of the handstand, whatever. But it's like seeing the way Ido guides the energy of everyone in the room. Mm. Um, that is the most valuable I've always found. I, I, can, I can identify like I came back from the first movement camp and then I started doing this in my classes at Jungle Bro- Like I was, I would just steal things, you know, and they work really well. Um, Ido is, of, I think Ido is the godfather of that. And I think that in a, in a way that um, Tony Robbins is highly, you know, he is the godfather of self-development. And if you've ever watched the doco, I'm not your guru, mm. you see Tony Robbins, you see what he's like in his seminars. It's the same shit. You, it is so engrossing the experience and the charisma that's coming from this one person that it just makes you fall in love with that that whole thing, that whole shit, whatever it is. That's I'm right. fucking in. I want to give everything to it right now. I'm here. <laughs> Tony, Ido, you know? And you come away from it. And, you know, the classic uh, criticism of Tony Robbins stuff is that you come away super inspired and then a week later you, you've forgotten all about it. Like you, you <laughs> haven't, you know, you haven't started your seven-figure business and whatever. So, you know, it speaks to just the moment being so special. And Ido really creates that at you know movement camps or all his workshops i've done so many i think that the if i look at my the pivotal moment for me in my coaching career was when i attended my first two workshops with ito that were back to back it was four days it was a movement movement x followed by upper body strength and i was just like i was fucking sold and he played me like a fucking guitar <laughs> on that event and i'll tell you what he did and this was this was huge for me as, a, as an individual. So we did, the, the, we did Movement X and it was, um, which is the movement experience. And it's, you know, two days of just exploring all of these different elements of movement. And, you know, going back to what we're saying about having a system and a curriculum versus just a bunch of shit that you want to look at and expose people to, Edo's is very much the latter. It's just like, there's no reason for doing any of this. Like we're going to be looking at like, you know, yeah, mobility is a part of it, hand-eye coordination, spinal control, whatever, but we're just doing it because we're doing it. And uh, I think a lot of people read more into it. It's like, oh man, you know, got to master my spine. No, no, you're just just moving for the sake of moving and exploring a capacity because you can. Um, But we we did this whole thing. And then on on the second day, the end of that event, we fin- we started doing the locomotion and the locomotion stepped up and it started with some uh, like the dragon squat, like some simple lower body kind of locomotion. And then it got to the lizard crawl. And at that time, like you hadn't seen a lot of lizard crawl in the way that Ido does it. So once he started the lizard crawl in the same way that when you guys do the lizard crawl now for a class and everyone in the class goes, oh, wow, look at that. So cool. Like, you know, it's quite, it's, you know, people see it. They're quite blown away by it. That was what we were saying. You know, Ido's doing, oh my God, fucking look at him. It looks like a real lizard. And we start doing it and he's walking through the group, right? And it's the same shit. He's like, follow me. I'm not going to tell you how to do it. Just follow for a bit. And, you know, intentionally not giving information. And then the music goes on. Same shit, right, that you experienced with Tom. And the, so the energy's built up in this huge way and everyone's working real hard. And I remember I'm doing the lizard crawl and I'd been working on it because I've been watching his videos, practicing the shit and I was doing it pretty well. And he came past and he, 
he looked at me and he like um he acknowledged it somehow he was he said something along the lines of like this is what you wanted or this is the thing huh? or something like that and i was like you know i looked up and smiled i was like absolutely you know like i'm loving this and he could see that i was loving it and so then he we finished the lizard crawl and then he, he broke into this other presentation that was about how we apply these movement skills to someone that wants to be a better fighter or a better grappler or whatever. And then he grabbed me from the group and he said, do the lizard crawl from here to here, do the dragon step from here to here and then straddle rope climb this rope. Five rounds, let's go. And everyone like in the room stopped and I had to do this thing and I started, so I'm doing it, right? And it's like a Metcon, crawling, low gate shit, climbing this, you know, and he's, he's like demanding better performance, like straddle your legs wider, like, you know, get lower here, like, you know, trying to get the best performance from me. And I did a round and then he was like, you know, referred to how fucking awesome was that? And then everyone applauded. And I was like top of the mountain at that time. I, I was like, <laughs> oh my God, like, it was, you know what I mean? It was like, Tony Robbins just got me up on stage, you know? <laughs> but what it did was it just cemented my commitment to to whatever he was selling that day uh which you know speaks to again that idea of like the the experience becomes so valuable um so yeah i love that shit um you know I'm, I'm all about it and i think that the and i think that that's just it, it's so easy and you see this a lot in the movement world but it's so easy to think that it's the content it's the information that, that people want. And you see this, you see these vanilla movement coaches who have no personality, no attempt at bringing energy to the room, running it like a church group. It's super quiet in there, working on handstand alignment. You know, and you're like, where's all that other shit? Like, it's not just the drills. Personality? Yeah, personality. <laughs> you know, like a bit of flair. Like Ido's Look, full of, he's full of flair, right? Yeah. You know, he's loud. He, he's got opinions. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's lived a life. It's not, oh yeah, you do what you want to do. This could be right or wrong. It's no, it's like no, my way is the way. Even if that like, it's it's an opinion, right? And he stands by his opinion. Something that he does very strategically, he will destroy certain people in the group, mm. you know, which just which just drives huge engagement from everybody else. You know, it, like it's almost you know, someone only when they ask a question that's stupid or whatever. But he will completely like, just you know, just break them down call that like criticize like, your question is ridiculous yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know quit it with that shit and and instantly everyone's like oh my god like but it it's all whether or not he designed it that way but it's all very intentional towards driving focus and energy of everybody there i remember he um when i did the corset in newcastle corset something like that, that was the name of the course um he broke us all down several times or really just separated you know, the movers from the non-movers to make a point. It was, it was a good way of making a point where it was like, you know, one was like squatting or squatting down. He's making a point and he's very good at going off track and making a point. And he'd come over here, look at this, everyone do this. So he's, you know, he's experienced enough to do that. Um, so it was like you're squatting. At that time, I had a terrible squat, passive squat, wrestling squat trying my best not to stand up and shake my legs out but i had to <laughs> with all the lower grade people <laughs> but one really funny one was um and i can't remember and I'm, it, i think back now and i'm probably fabricating it was probably to do with upper body strength and he got everyone in the room to to stand and hinge over and perform kind of uh the 
I don't know what you call it, angels, you know, handcuff position, um, YTM back to the back here and then back open again. Yeah. Um, and he was making a point and everyone – and he counted it, just walked the room. I think it was like 50 reps. <laughs> everyone just fucking just started dying after a few reps except for some people, you know. And I can't remember, but only a couple of people made it. But it was like <laughs> what a way to make a point that most people's shoulders and post chains and they have no – even though people obviously there's, – there's always someone there that's like really big and aesthetically <laughs> good looking. Juicy. But juicy. Just – Fucking, we all died after like 10 reps, you know? Anyway, really it, funny. It's, yeah. It's hilarious. There really is nothing new, hey? Um, so she had us do very, very similar thing, stand with the arms out, and it was just like hanging there. And we were there for like five minutes and Still everyone's practice. fucking shaking. Yeah. And, but no one, like you'd look around, you'd, you'd be shaking, you'd look around, you'd see this like four foot nothing chick standing dead still and you'd be like, <laughs> I'm not dropping. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not dropping. dropping. Yeah. I'm not dropping. Anyway, yeah, it's it's fucking interesting. It's so like it's just the same concept but delivered differently. Well, yeah, and I think that the, the people that are successful with it, the coaches, you know, of our time now, you know, Soishi, Tom, they're the people that have had those experiences and then been able to embody that same thing. Maybe they change it a little with bit. Their own flair. Yeah, but they but they can take that and apply it, you know. And yeah, I think it's just it's that that's good it shows complete kind of observation of what's happening here um you know there was another coach that i observed at uh uh the first movement camp i went to which was joseph bartz is a german guy and he was running he was with johnny sapinozo they were doing like a parkour kind of thing uh, actually no sorry yeah so it was parkour and then and sprinting they were the two elements that they were looking at during the camp um but Joseph was a, was a real staunch presenter. I really liked how he presented. And I noticed that he, he would talk to the group like, you're a pack of idiots. He would talk very slowly to the group, a little bit patronizing. Does everyone understand? In a way that was like, it was patronizing, but it was also quite direct. And then he would come around and as an individual, he would talk to you, he, he was super cool. And I, I asked him if that was intention, like if he did that intentionally, kind of addressed everyone like, like you know, like your toddlers. And, then, and he said, yeah, it kind of is, you know, like it found it works well for me. And I found that approach to be hugely beneficial. Again, we were just working on some, I don't know, some movement games and some, you know, basic sprint drills. But because it was presented in that way, it was extremely impactful. This is the first piece of coaching advice you ever gave me. Was it? Yeah. What did I tell you? Talk to the class like they're idiots. Talk to the individual with love. Uh, yeah, yeah, literally, and based a lot of my coaching off that. So it's oh, very interesting. Not even a, a Joey official. There we go. Secrets revealed. Fucking hell, bro. <laughs> People need to pay to do the internship to learn that stuff. <laughs> but yeah, so I, you know, yeah, so I've I've really enjoyed a lot of that stuff. You can look at other, you know, I think of other workshops um, that are very different to that, like Yuri Marmerstein, who we've had at the gym a couple of times, or Emmett Lewis. You know, they, they, you know, I mean, Yuri's a, he's a quiet guy. He makes no attempt to be anything other than that. And in that way, it, it's its own experience. It's not at all high energy, but it is, you know, he, he brings you in because he, he talks very quietly. So you need to get close, and, you know, and so that brings you in and um, he's a bit awkward and he, he doesn't mind making a joke of the awkwardness sometimes. And so that's its own thing. And I think that's cool because it shows that there's a completely other way to run it. 
but there is still some kind of element of an experience when you spend two days with him working on handstands yeah. versus the robot that's just spitting out, you know, movement stuff. Mm, mm. Self-aware. You know, I rolled jujitsu with um, your boy Roy Gold. Oh, really? Yeah, at the movement second movement camp. Any good? Fucking hell, bro. <laughs> I was a brown belt at the time. I wasn't training, but I was, you know, I was a brown belt. And uh, he, I think it was his first time fucking with it. And um, I can't remember what the instruction was on the drill, but I, I think it was outside of the drill. And it was like, he was like, hey, can we, you know, can we play a little bit? Cause we're in the same group. And so it was like, oh, Joe, you should do it with Roy. Cause like Roy was just savaging everyone kind of thing. Not like with submissions, but he was just, you know, he's just such a dominant big physical guy. And uh, all I remember is I put him in my X guard and I just fucking held on for dear life. And he was like, he was like a wild stallion. <laughs> he was just bucking so fast and hard and thrashing around. And I'm just attached one, out, like I've got his leg here and then my other legs are just pinching his other leg. And I'm just holding on underneath. And after about like two minutes of this ferocity, he tired out and then I just crawled onto his back. <laughs> and, and then you know and then we both yeah and then we both had a laugh and he was like he was gassed and he's like oh man like i've never i think he said like i've never felt that vulnerable before like i've not i've never had someone you know like get on my back and i can't get them off and i'm fatigued and you know That's in that cool. yeah but That's it was very cool but it was just funny because he, he's exactly what you would imagine him to be like yeah. he's the guy's a fucking gorilla of a human <sighs> impressive yeah yeah very much so but yeah, so I don't know. I mean, what's your thoughts on that? Having done Edo workshop and stuff, do you, you know, do you see, um, what do you see as important elements when someone's coaching a workshop? I'm trying to think beyond the scope of, um, you know, our personal experiences, just on workshops in general. And when we're talking workshops, we are talking about exercise workshops or movement workshops, really. I would say yeah. the same applies though, whether it's, you know, business stuff or, right. you know. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, we'll like say Logan. Talking about Logan from the podcast last week. Yes. I attended his Hold the Standard Summit. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's not high energy. The content is potentially a bit dry, but Logan's a fucking cool guy. Yeah, and when I think about, like, in defense for the Movnat experiences, I didn't I didn't search to go for that one. Yeah. Like, we got some free tickets and I was like, You're half it'd be in. cool. Yeah, I was way, I was less than half in we were coming at off the beginning weeks as well yeah, and i was just like oh, i'll be cool to to just be a student for a bit it's been real busy at the gym and i was like i'll review all the stuff that we kind of do and so you know in their defense i wasn't i didn't go searching for them you know yeah. so and i think so all the experience of the workshops that i've done they've all been good because i wanted to go and learn and learn that thing that you know that they were that they were espousing there so um yeah, but I think of the Fighting Monkey one and I've often said that was the, the best experience I've had overall. Um, and Yosef is very similar to, to Ido in the way that he's extremely charismatic. He adds on his energy. He is a real fucking force to be reckoned with. Yeah, he's he demands a, your attention. He demands, he, he, you know, he's very conceptual and energetic and fun. And yeah, you just fucking, I keep telling Alan, can you bring him out this year or next year? Like, get him out here ASAP is my message to him. And he also has that accent. Well, much, accent. Like, much like Ido. Got to have an accent. The accent goes a long way. <laughs> it's got that mysticism. <laughs> it does. But yeah, Joseph, a great example. He's exactly the same in that way. Yeah. But very different. He does it in his own way. 
and I and I, and that made me think uh, more about him because he has a dance and theatre background, and um, I you know I did drama at school, um, and I think about these other you know modalities of workshops that come in to like say dancing class or theatre sports and theatre classes, and the way that they do them are probably very similar there's, there's probably people out there in other industries that do it and it's a quality that kind of come it's it's true across many other places but yeah i can imagine in a dance class and and he's i felt like a dance class where you you play the music and everyone's doing the choreography and it's like stop stop the music everyone look at joey here and how he's moving his arm blah 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 everyone go again it's like that type of stuff that's and a super interesting cross-section like having some sort of theatrical background and then presenting because yeah like he, he's theater and he's performed like a lot of it was fucking um like like modern art performances that he's choreographed with his partner and other people i think i've seen some online when when he that week um and then he's 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 done dancing and and stuff so i think there's probably a lot of this sort of type of coaching that yeah. goes on down at sydney dance school Hopefully, and there's good coaches there. Um, but it really does come down to the space that you hold. Yeah, Presenting. And how you present. I mean, my mother-in-law's always coming home going, ah, oh, that yoga teacher, I just, I just can't. It's just never a good class with that. But the other guy really liked the other guy. You know, today was a waste of time, whatever. And it, and, and it really does come down to the individual, doesn't it? And the, and the space that they provide. Yeah, it does. And, and obviously, like, content matters. Yeah, but and if you're new to the game, it's it's you can't just be that confident leader that that you you know you aspire to be. Yeah, yeah but yeah, you yeah. have to yeah. be you have to be making inroads towards becoming that kind of person because uh, yeah, I think you, you are you are a leader in that situation, and you got to put on you got to put on a performance for the people. Yeah. And if you're coaching classes, right? Like if you're doing it here at a gym, you got to be able to turn that on every day of the week, repeatedly. You can take your foot off the pedal sometimes a little bit, but really, I mean, you guys know it. Every time you go down there to run a session, you're like, all right, we've got to turn it on. Because if you don't, you just lose the ship. Yeah. 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 And then you have a shit time. Well, you totally. run a shit class and then you feel shit. Yeah. Right? And, and, you know, and then the, the worst is when you get something that's like, oh, someone cancels their membership because they're like, oh, it's not really been feeling it. And you're like, fuck, I was low energy for a couple of weeks and now they've quit. You know, or something like that. It's yeah, usually yeah, yeah, not yeah. such a correlation, but... You know, you, you can actually be punished for it yep. in our business. I think, um, I wish I could remember what the five points that Logan made on that Instagram post relevant to, you know, the, what those, those five things that a coach has to be able to do besides just coach exercises. Yeah. But it's, it's all along those lines. Put in the show notes, Joe. Yeah, I'll put in the show <laughs> notes, guys. Um, all right, so uh, we're going to wrap it there, but I wanted to mention something that we're working on, which... I'm pretty excited about. We've been running our coaches internship, which is our 12-week program. And then we've been running an intensive, which is that 12-week internship compressed into two days. And it's been really good because a lot of people just can't get here on a, on a recurring basis for 12 weeks. So the intensive allows folks from out of town or you know super busy working during the week to come and get that information. That course is all about equipping you with the skills you need to be an exceptional coach and also to build a PT business. Now, we've recently had a bit of a request to put the internship back on, the 12 weeks. A couple people are like, hey, I want to come in and have that three-month experience with you guys. 
So first bit of news is that we will be running an internship, 12-week internship in the second half of this mm -hmm. year. Dates to be released, but if you want information on that, you can go to thejungalalliance.com. Come see me and us, yes. I should say. But the second side of it is, is that we're, we're preparing <coughs> two more workshops that we're going to add uh, or two more courses that we're going to be adding. The first is a movement workshop. And we recognize that there's a lot of people out there who are coaching who perhaps want to have more of an arsenal when it comes to coaching body weight strength, weightlifting, mobility, all the things that we're doing here on a daily basis in the gym. So we're going to be setting up a movement workshop and it'll be covering all of the foundational movements of body weight strength, weightlifting, mobility, as well as a bit of cueing and coaching because it's all tied in together. And the cueing and coaching piece we, we look at further in the intensive, but it'll be there in the movement workshop as well. Uh, and then the third piece is that we're going to be setting up like a business prep course. And the business prep course is for anyone who actually wants to go and open a Jungle Alliance gym. And that is because we've got this small army of humans who are now set to go and open their own spot. They want to open their own Jungle Alliance gym. And we need to equip these guys with, I suppose, a more in-depth view of those skill sets, finances, sales, marketing, less relevant to running a PT business, but more relevant to running an actual gym. Um, I'm super excited to be, to be putting those on. And I think that the, there's a really nice offering there for folks, whether they're working at another gym and they just want to pick up some new tools or they want to take it all the way and become, you know, stand shoulder to shoulder with us and lead this charge through the Jungle Alliance. Hell yeah. Yeah, so more information to come on those. But if you are interested, check out junglealliance.com and uh, you can obviously contact me through there joey at junglealliance.com and then we can talk more boys thank you for joining today uh i can't wait to spend five days with you going through all of the great content from the mobnet workshop yeah guys go to the mobnet <laughs> website i really recommend it <laughs> no absolutely like we, the, we we said in the beginning i think when we thought we were recording we, the, the intention wasn't to hang shit on anything but it was really just to try and offer like an objective view of a an educational experience that perhaps left a little bit to be desired. Absolutely. In the hope that whoever's listening, you can go and put on educational experiences that hit with their full weight. Thanks, fellas. Guys, thank yeah. you for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thanks. Thanks.